being alone with your thoughts. I mean, I think that's a pretty cool way, uh, place to start, you know, leaving the phone at home, going for a bit of a wander. Yeah, Where would your I mind think... go? Where would my mind go? Probably on all my to-do list, to be honest. Um, but with that being said, uh, I've read a few books recently that have kind of switched my way of thinking. And they all were very um, adamant about meditation, for example. So with meditation, you shut your mind off, which not a lot of humans are very good at doing that. You know, we let our minds wander all day, whether, you know, it's on our to-do list or it's, uh, you know, something happened in our past that we can't really let go of, or, you know, you're hungry and you're thinking what you want, whatever it may be, our minds are always, you know, all over the place. So um, if I went for a walk and I didn't have my cell phone, I would try to be present um, but it's, it's tough to live in the present moment. You know, you're thinking about what you need to do tomorrow or, you know, that you, like I said, your to-do list, or like, you're thinking about, oh, you know, should I have handled this situation this way or that kind of thing? So, I mean, I'd like to think that I could shut off, but I have a feeling that my mind would just be going in circles. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Like mm -hmm. just running like a million miles an hour. And, uh, oh, yeah. I, think it, I think it's real hard to, to be present when we're always connected to things so far away, right? Through Absolutely. Technology and oh, yeah. we're talking to people and we're having conversations. I mean, you and I, right? We're having conversations yeah. across fucking seas and yeah. time zones. And it's like, okay, well, how are, you, how are you supposed to be present? You know, I've got my finger you, you in like can't. a million pies. No, you can't. And I always say this to people that my mind is like an internet, internet explorer. You know, I have you all those tabs up. That's my mind at all times. I have all these tabs up. It's just like, oh, right. You know, Shania has soccer tonight. And like, oh, right. Mila has this book due at the library on this day. And oh, right. I have a podcast at two o'clock. You know, it's all these tabs up in my head. And so I'm trying to shut them down. But uh, I have yet to be successful in this area. So I started doing yoga. Um, at a yoga studio because then they like almost guide you through it yeah. and at least they like will remind you be like okay so let's go back to your like if your mind has wandered let's bring it back to your breath so something and what is more present than breathing you know what I mean like to to just simply breathe that is what we're doing at all times even when we're sleeping and our mind's not even aware of it so for yoga they just focus back on your breath so again, four in four inhalation, four seconds, and then four seconds out, and then you're supposed to like imagine it coming through your lungs and stuff. So I find that's only the really time that I can be present because I have somebody constantly reminding me <laughs> to be present with your body. Yeah, you uh, basically outsource that yeah. role, right? And be like, yeah. "Listen, you tell me what to do, right? And I'll just, and I'll just follow." Remind me, me to <laughs> breathe again. <laughs> So how do yeah. you how do you balance all your shit, mate? That's a good question. Somebody actually asked me this yesterday. Actually, the doctor that worked on my hips that asked me this yesterday. To be honest, sometimes I'm losing my goddamn mind. Sometimes mm. I feel like I'm superwoman, and I'm like, like I got to give myself a pat on the back at the end of the day because it's like, I can't believe like I did everything that I was supposed to do today, and still you know be a mom and you know I was a caretaker to my father for many years. Um, so you know, trying to juggle just, you know, family responsibilities as, as well as being a businesswoman. And then, yeah. you know, along with what I do for a living in the fitness industry, it is part-time job, just keeping yourself in shape, okay, for nice. example, as well. So like, you know, trying to be a business person and putting in, you know, 20, 40, 60 hour work week um, is completely 
you know, that's a basic thing. And then you add your own training on top of that. You know, I, I train like 18 hours a week sometimes. And that's to simply keep myself in a certain condition because I'm my own walking advertisement, right? So um, some days I feel like I'm losing my goddamn mind. Other days I feel like superwoman. So to be honest, I don't know if there's a, a specific answer about how I do it. Uh, I know for sure that I could be a little bit better with time management, like we all could be, I'm sure. For sure. Um. But at the end of the day, I have to-do lists all over my house because like I have like notepads everywhere because like something will pop into my head. <laughs> and then instead of just having the internet tab up there, which, you know, could be lost in the browser somewhere, uh, <laughs> I have to write it down real quick so that it's like, oh, right, I have to do that kind of thing. So I honestly don't know how I do it. Some days I'm better than others. But I mean, we all try our best at the end of the day. Sure. And it's that resiliency, right, of hey, you know, shit really might have hit the fan today and maybe yeah. you only ticked off one thing on that to-do yeah. list, right? But guess what? You're still going to get out of bed at X amount of time in the morning tomorrow and give it another good fucking crack. Like, you're Absolutely. still there again. you still got to get up and you still got to crack on. Absolutely. And I think people... Yeah, I, I love you for saying that, mate, because I think people get it twisted of, like, I've always got to be on top of my game. You know, I've always got to be giving 100% or knocking all the to-do lists off or just being, yeah. like, this, quote-unquote, perfect... And yep. what the fuck does that mean? Like people well, being be honest, perfect. Like, I, we're, I think we're all, you know, fall victim to that or, you know, you know, the, or the pressure of always trying to be perfect, especially with social media nowadays. And I yeah, actually almost yeah. jumped on my story about this yesterday because I was having a day yesterday. I was in a lot of pain. It was raining here, like just downpour and it's been sunny for so long. We needed the rain. Don't get me wrong. But the rain has never done well with me and how my mood is just initially when yeah. you wake up. You wake up to sun, it's really hard to be in a shitty mood, right? Something has to happen for you to be in a shitty mood. But when you wake up to the rain, like I, I it, it's definitely like something that is just, it just, it's like a cloud over your head, right? And yeah. so it's yeah. just one of those days. And uh, this weekend marks the two year anniversary of my father passing. And so there's all these memories coming up on like my social media about like, just like pictures I was posting with him because he was in the hospital at this time two years ago. And so yesterday, um, there was something that popped up on social media that reminded me that I that was the day that I got the call from the hospital for the me having to go in to sign papers for do not resuscitate. And so yesterday it was like all day, I was in my head about it. And I, I was in pain. So I couldn't go most my outlet usually is the gym. Yeah. And I, I mean, I could have trained upper body, but I really didn't feel like socializing and being who I am, no matter what gym I go to, there's people that know me. Yeah. And and so we, you know, have these conversations just, you know, it, it's a community, right? And I, I was going to go on my story and talk about this yesterday about how like, you know, I do try like my, my, on my social media people think that you know I am perfect sometimes and I don't mean it that way but like the people from an outsider it's like oh she's got her shit together you know mm -hmm. and yesterday I felt like I just could not pull myself out of this headspace and I was going to talk about it but then it's like man once I put that kind of stuff on my story so many people reach out which is great because it's a relatability factor uh, but I did not have the capacity to have those conversations yesterday so I was like you know what we're just not going to share it even though I felt like it was going to be powerful because everyone thinks like oh yeah you know she's so put together she you know goes to the gym two times a day and she has her kids and doing this and like she has abs and she's always eating chicken and rice and stuff and like yeah, yesterday, like, I just, I couldn't pull myself together. And um, it's, we all have those days. And I think I need to be better at sharing those because 
you know, there is no perfect person and we all uh, aren't going to show up our best selves every single day. And yesterday was one of those days for me. I mean, one of the things that my mom used to tell me was just take a day. Yes. You know, yes. it's all right to take a day and fuck, it's all right to take a bloody year. You know, in the grand yeah. scheme of things, it's it's nothing like Know, people have taken sabbaticals, right? We've yeah. we've fallen off the wagon. People got into the bottle, or we yeah. waited tables for a year, or yeah. whatever the fuck it was, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, you think back and you're like, oh, that was like a, a blink of the eye, and it was an entire it does, year. It does. You know what's funny is that, like, I went to a wedding last Saturday, my my daughters and I, and that was the day my dad had a stroke, and it came up in the memories, and I didn't have time to think about it because we, you know, we had the ceremony. My daughters were in the wedding. I had to get their hair done and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I didn't realize till the next day about how I got so drunk, and I don't drink often, like you know. Mm. And uh, I felt like I definitely. And then the next day I woke up, and because fitness and health is like how I live, you know, mm-hmm. woke up the next day feeling so bad that I was like, do I have a drinking problem? <laughs> it was one night. <laughs> night. <laughs> but this is the type of, you know, you, you said that like, you get, it's okay to take a day. It's okay, yeah. it's okay to take a year. Yeah. Um, I definitely hold myself to such a high standard yeah. that even yesterday, spending half the day in my bed because my hips hurt and not being productive killed me. It killed me. And like just not being able to like show up for myself mentally this last week because of me still working through my grieving process and everything. Um, I struggle with that, you know, being able to just accept that I'm only human and that we should be able to take a day and or a week or, you know, whatever it may be like we got to actually handle our shit. So I think that I actually need some grief counseling personally. And I think we could all benefit from counseling or, or therapy or whatever, but we'll get there. We'll get there. How do you manage your own expectations then? Um, some days are better than others. Other, like, you know what? A lot of my girlfriends uh, help me handle that in the sense okay. that we all talk on a regular basis about things. And my best friend in particular, Emily, she's my kid's godmother. She is like this angel for me sometimes where, you know, I'll vent to her about everything that I have on my plate and I just feel overwhelmed and stuff. And she'll just remind me like, Jazz, look at everything you've accomplished. You are only human. You're always going to be amazing and you are destined to do great things. So you need to just take a step back and breathe and give yourself some grace pretty much. And so you know, some days is better than others, but my girlfriends keep me grounded in that sense and be like, Jazz, your expectations of yourself is unreasonable. <laughs> so you need those people around you, man. You know, that small absolutely. circle. You know, my daughters do the same thing. Like, you know, I'll be in the kitchen and I'll like do one of these on the counter. <laughs> Just like, I'm so tired kind of thing. And like, I'm making them dinner or whatever it be. And then my youngest, usually Shania, she'll come up to me and she'll put her hand on my back and she'll look at me like, she'll go, mommy, I think you should go lay down. Mm. And then it's like, well, I ha- I have stuff to do. Because <laughs> she's like, mom, it's okay. Yeah, it's like, all good. So much, it's okay. So, between my daughters and my friends, they they keep me grounded when it comes to the expectations that I have for myself. I think, I think that's awesome because of so many eyeballs being directed towards your your position, yeah. right? Of like, we need those certain few, whether it's one, five, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter, ten. Those mm-hmm. certain few people in that inner circle that is just going to be like, right, sit down. This one's going to cut a bit close to the bone, but you need to yeah. fucking hear it, mate. Absolutely. You know, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, here's the reins. You know, I trust yeah. you wholeheartedly with the reins. You're going to steer the ship for a little bit, you know, yeah. and um, it, it keeps us humble. 
keeps us grounded. Yeah. And, and for those highly productive, highly motivated individuals, highly disciplined, sometimes it makes you rest, you know, which means you yeah. can go a bit harder tomorrow or next week or next year or whatever. We need exactly. to take a little bit of a step back and a it reassess. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm grateful for those people because uh, yeah, I think I might go crazy if I didn't have them. <laughs> Yeah, so I tell my missus all the time. I say, love, you saved me from me. She was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, because if you weren't around, I'd work 24-7. Yeah, I, I get that. I totally get that. My, mo my mom does the same thing where she's like, Jess, you just need to take a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you know, um, I'm just so used to trying to take over, not take over the world, but take on the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been a single mom for seven years now. And trying to, you, you just don't have that, you, you, that. It's a mentality almost. Yeah. It's like when, yeah. you, when you take on being a single mom, it's like you put on this invisible cape and it just kind of goes to everything. You know, you want to do everything by yourself and you, you just go, 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 go. And you just don't take a break. And so, uh, yeah, I guess my mom, my kids and my girlfriends keep me grounded and, and keep me sane when it comes to the expectations that I have on myself. I got the utmost respect for single moms, mate. Like, uh, I was raised by a single mom. Didn't see me dad too much. I mean, great relationship with him, just certain situations, you know? Um, yeah. but the way you're able to juggle shit and get it done. Yeah. You know, and single single dads, you know, just single parent single households. Parents in general. Yeah. You know, yeah. it the way people are able to juggle shit when the back is against the wall and be like, Well, oh shit, I have no option now. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then you end up finding time. Absolutely. So I think yeah. it is I, uh, I mean, most people aren't even ready to be parents. And yeah. so like a lot of people, like, you know, when they have kids, they're like, What the fuck am I doing? But you figure it out. And yeah, that's kind of you know when uh, I had my first daughter when I just turned 21. So I was pregnant at 20 and I had her just after I turned 21. So I was a young mom. Um, and I was like, holy fucking shit, what am I doing? But I figured it out. And then when I had my second, she was colic. So all she did was cry for six months, wouldn't take a bottle. She was strictly breastfed because she wouldn't take a bottle. So I couldn't have any breaks. Um, she was attached on to me crying for six months. And I remember crying, like feeding her and crying in my room being like, what the fuck did I do? Like I bit off way more than I can chew, but now they're nine and 11. They're thriving. Their mom was thriving. We have so much that we can be grateful for and more blessed for. So at the beginning, you're always like, holy crap, but uh, you figure it out. As humans, we figure it out. I think that's with everything, right? Yeah. I think that's how we're supposed to learn a little, little bit of baptism by fire, you know, jump in yeah. a deep end. What's going to happen? fire under your ass and you'll figure it out real quick. <laughs> Sink or swim, mate, you know? <laughs> Pretty much, sink or swim is exactly what uh, what happens. Yeah, mate. What are you trying to find? What am I trying to find? I am trying to find generational wealth because I want to make sure that whatever I do on a day to day basis on Earth for the time that I have here, that whatever I do is going to take care of not only my kids but my grandkids and my grandkids kids um because otherwise what are we doing here um i'm like about like i'm not like a, a male where i'm like my legacy this that and the other thing yeah, yeah. but you know i remember growing up and having friends that had parents 
their parents' parents that had these really nice lake houses, for example. And everybody could go up there in the summertime. And it was like the, the generational wealth that went down, you know, and that's just a very small example. But I want to show my daughters the world. I want to take them to every continent and every country and show them different cultures and how people live, different foods, different dances, uh, you know, really give them a, a perspective about how, how, what they have. Um, and just make an impact. Uh, this is something that I actually talked about on a podcast two weeks ago. Um, the time that I have here, I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. And that's on, you know, just an everyday human that's trying to lose weight uh, and gain confidence because I've been in a position where I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror because I just hated the way I looked and I had such negative self-talk. Um, and it took me getting into fitness and getting healthy to stop that bad habit of talking to myself badly and putting myself down in my head and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, um, just trying to make a difference. So any way that I can be a better person, I am aware of that. And I try to do that on a daily basis, even if it's just giving small compliments to random strangers. Um, being, you know, a, a gentleman that sees me at the gym often on Monday came up to me. He's like, you're just, you're always so happy. He's like, you've got this, this light that just shines like this glow about you. And I'm like, well, in a such a toxic and negative world, it doesn't, cost me anything yeah. to be a nice person it doesn't cost me anything to have a smile on my face and to try try to be that bright light in somebody's day and so that's how I basically live my day-to-day -day life and how I move is I just try to make an impact make a difference um with the time that I have here and that's you know based on business and you know and just being a better human and then being the mom that gives my children everything my family everything mm -hmm. um you know my mom I finally she retired last year um, because of some health stuff. And, you know, I am now finally in a position where I can, you know, somewhat financially take care of her. So she doesn't have to worry about anything. I don't want my mom to worry about anything. Yeah. And, you know, I want my, my daughters, I definitely am very hard on them in the sense that they're not going to be given uh, stuff. You know, they have to earn it. But I want to make sure, you know, if you just save $5,000 for a car, I'm going to match your $5,000 or, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I'd say that's what I'm trying to do make a difference um, in everybody around me. Where does that innate drive for progress and aid come from, do you think? Um, Probably some of it from my father. Um, He was a workaholic the whole time I was a baby and like a kid. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. So my dad traveled. He had owned a sawmill equipment company. So my dad traveled to expos all around the world. Like he went to Australia and New Zealand every two years for, for you know, these big expos and stuff. And so he was never home when I was younger because he was working. But he worked so hard. He gave my family the um, the 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 blessing of being able to have a stay-at-home mom. That's not realistic anymore. Yeah. You know, you need to have two working parents now to survive. But my mom was there every day to pick me up from school and drop me off. And like, I wasn't grateful for that until I became a mother. And I see, you know, all these kids getting dropped off and picked up by daycare and not never seeing their parents and everything that made me realize how lucky I was to be able to have a stay-at-home mom. But that was only possible because my father. And, you know, my dad 
did not live the same lifestyle as I live. So I did definitely didn't get that from him. He was over 400 pounds and had a lot of health issues. Um, but because of that probably pushed me in the direction that I am when it comes to fitness and health, because watching him pretty much kill himself every day at the dinner table with the amounts of carbs and, and butter and all this kind of stuff that he would eat. Um, you know, again, when you're younger, you don't realize these things till you get older. Yeah. Um, but I'd say like my drive and my ambition and just like the, the, the need to take care of people and, and that kind of stuff comes from my daddy. Wow. I think you touched on a really important point there of we need now need two pretty decent checks coming into a yes. household. Yes, you do. Or multiple streams of income with both. Like, I mean, with inflation and the way like the world is right now, like it, it's not practical for to have a stay at home mom. And if it, there's someone a stay at home mom, the husband is, you know, even a lawyer or a doctor these days may even struggle with having, you know, their partner stay at home. But yeah, yeah. unless you're making millions of dollars, it's just not practical. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like I speak to, I speak to people back home, right. And like inner city Manchester are back on the council estates and you just like, mate, how are you supposed to make it out? You know, you're making 24,000 pound a year. And I'm like, yep. do the maths, mate, get the calculator out and do the fucking maths. How are oh, you yeah. supposed to make it out? Mm. They're like, oh well, I never really thought about that. I was like, yeah. So there's another issue, you know. Good luck buying like an investment, like a house or anything, because it's like I live in Vancouver, and I think Vancouver is in the top ten most expensive places to live. Yeah, Vancouver's and, crazy. Yeah, and so to be able to afford a house here, you a micro apartment, which is like 500 square feet, not even like you right. don't even get a bedroom. It's like your bed, your couch, your kitchen, and a bathroom. That's it. Studio, and yeah. even that is a half a million dollars easily. <laughs> Yeah. And so like being a mother of two, um, I would need obviously three bedrooms minimum. Um, and I'm always going to have my mom with me. So like, I'm never going, she's, she's going to be with me till she's not here anymore. And so then we need four bedrooms, trying to get a four bedroom house somewhere for under a million dollars. Not going to happen. Yeah. And there's also the, the social implications, right? So you're growing up as a kid with yeah your parents are around granted but they're not yeah Yeah. because they gotta fucking grind themselves to the bone right and then you talk about the mental health implications because rather than working 12 hour days now now you gotta start pushing 16 17 18 on the regular yep and that's why i'm so grateful for what i do because the majority of my stuff you know like i'm a a i'm a personal trainer i am an online fitness coach Um, And I guess you could say, quote unquote, in which I hate these terms, influencer and content creator, but I guess the day and age that we live in. So I'm just going to use them. um, I get to manipulate my own schedule. Mm -hmm. So I still get to drive my kids to and from school. I still get to be at all their soccer games and majority of them and all this kind of stuff. I work 24 seven off my phone, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I still get to, I take them to the gym with me, for example, I get my workout in, I get them to film my workout. So then they, I actually pay them five bucks a video now. So I've actually employed my daughters. They're on the payroll now. Love that. They, they help film my workout videos. I give them five bucks a video. Um, They get their workout in, I get to spend time with them. So I mean, um, I'm so grateful to do what I do because I get to, I, even though I'm a single mom and even though like I work, I guess three or four jobs, if you want to break it down, yep. I still get to spend ample time with my kids. 
and I still get to provide for them at the same time. So I think that, you know, I'm pretty lucky in that sense. Look it, or you had the courage to give it a fucking go. I guess a little bit of both. I mean, I say luck, but it's like, I'm just grateful that I put myself in a position yeah. that I, you know, it's a choice. Um, For sure. People aren't going to say, okay, let's work from home. Let's start a business online and let's create videos and hope I get paid. You know, yeah. like both people don't do that, but um, I guess I put myself in a position and, you know, I, I, was uh, I'm blessed enough to have a certain work ethic that I have. So um, being able to put myself in this position is, I guess it was a choice of mine, but most people, I guess, don't have the balls to do that. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people that don't want to work, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get a lot from my career when I get clients messaging me being like, I haven't been able to wear a sleeveless shirt in X amount of years because I was so insecure about my arms. And then they send me a picture in a sh like a sleeveless shirt. It's like that shit feeds my soul. Yeah, I get a picture of the scale because they dropped three pounds this week. They're like, I didn't think that this was possible or they fit this dress or whatever it may be. That shit amps me up. It makes me like, I love my job. I love my job. <laughs> I got three questions. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Mm. Life advice? Okay, well, I have one that I remember from my daddy, which I don't know if this would be considered life advice. It's more like relationship advice, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there because this is one that has stuck with me. Um, my daddy, back when I was like 17, I was clinically depressed. I was on antidepressants, and um, they made me very emotionally unstable, if you will. And I remember being in this relationship and I would suffocate this partner just because I was so, I was so messed up. Yeah. And my daddy used to say, now jazz, if you, and this could actually go for friendships as well, because I think that some people are very overbearing with friendships sometimes. Um, if you let sand sit in your hand like this, it's not going to go anywhere. But as soon as you start squeezing it and put pressure on it, it's going to fall through your fingers. <clears throat> Still to this day, 15 years later, I still remember this little thing that he told me. And so like, obviously I'm in a way different place now than I was at 17, <laughs> but that's uh, some life advice that I remember is like, just let things sit. If you, as soon as you apply pressure, as soon as you squeeze and force things almost, it's going to fall through your fingers. Yeah. Just let it be. Yes. Yes. What's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received? The worst piece of life advice. Go on that date. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not every date is worth going on. Oh, my goodness. The dating scene. Mm. Pint of Ben and Jerry's. You know, your feet up on the couch and a solo Netflix. It's all you need, man. Yeah, I mean, I love my routine. And, like, as much as, like, I see all these things about, like, you know, what you can do with a supportive partner and, like, you know, as much as it would be nice – holy cow, some of these, their headaches, relationships, <laughs> are so much work. I'm not against them. I'm just saying, just, yeah, good luck to anybody single. Um, but the worst life advice. I'm not sure if I can pick anything from my head about the worst life advice. That's all right. Yeah, I don't think I have anything for that one. I try to stay positive. So. I that's also very good. Right? I got one more question. Though. Okay. 
what other three words you would tell your younger self? Don't settle. Never settle. Mm -hmm. I know that's two words, but uh, do not settle. There we go. <laughs> There's three words. <laughs> um, there's a lot of times uh, in relationships or circumstances, situations, yeah. uh, even business stuff where I have not seen my worth um, and I've settled for less. So that's like with business relationships, you know, there's contracts that I may be in with certain sponsorships where, you know, I didn't see my worth and it was like I was excited just to be a part of a company, um, but I got bare minimum from them, um, you know, that's settling, uh, being in relationships and not actually getting what I need. That's settling. Um, don't ever settle. Mm -hmm. Hold yourself up high, um, but still be humble. You know, you can still see your worth um, without coming off as arrogant or, you know, this kind of thing, which is, I think, at least in the fitness industry, there's a lot of people. It's it's hard to, to balance out being, um, you know, it's a very vain sport to be in bodybuilding for you know you are constantly focused on your appearance mm. you know and so with that being said um it's hard to stay humble sometimes in such a vain industry yeah. if you will yeah and so um that's a definitely like you know something that i think i would tell my younger self is just don't settle and uh stay humble because being a humble person is a lot more attractive than an arrogant one that's for sure for damn sure mm -hmm. jazz thank you so much mate this has been an honor and a privilege of course, of course. thanks for thank for squeezing in some time and your fucking mental schedule <laughs> i try my best <laughs> <laughs> well uh, uh we'll talk soon you have a great great rest of your day awesome thanks alex take All care right, mate. take it easy so let Goodbye. everybody